Welcome to Church Tips, the daily show designed to give you practical ideas and strategies you can use to get better, break barriers, and grow the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now here are your hosts, Dick and Jonathan Hardy. Hey friends, great to have you here on the Church Tips Podcast. We are today with um, a uh, friend of mine now, uh, although I've known him from uh, afar for quite some time, I count him a new friend, uh, in Louis Giglio. You'll recognize uh, him from the uh, so much that he's uh, written and the uh, impact that the uh, Passion City Church has had, uh, not only in Atlanta, but around the country. And uh, Louis, i got to tell you, it's great to be able to spend a few minutes here with you today. Dick, it's my honor to be on with you. It's so great meeting you uh, recently in Springfield and looking forward to today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> I just got uh, recently this book, um, At the Table with Jesus. Now, I've had this book, Don't Let the Enemy uh, Have a Seat at Your Table. And so um, I thought, you know, when you were in town, I thought, well, we need to figure out if there's just a way that we could sit and chat about how all this came together for you. So uh, we've got in the show notes uh, both of these books so uh, the viewers can uh, click in and and pick them up. But really, Louis, just uh, take off. Tell us, how did these books come together for you? Well, you know, the first book, Dick, is uh, the nine words that really changed my life. And I'm not writing really to anybody to try to tell them something I haven't already had to walk through myself. And those words are, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And those words came to me from a friend after a really big season of turmoil, a lot of struggle and strife. A lot of leaders go through those seasons, and I'd been through the thickest one of all. And a few months after that, I got a text uh, or a phone call from a friend on the way home from work. And it was that phone call, Dick, of a little bit of vindication. You know, hey, you're not going to believe what happened today. And it, in some small way, proved my point and this whole big thing that had been going on. And, you know, I hate to admit it, but you know, if I'm honest and I think leaders need more vulnerability and honesty, I really liked the little bit of vindication I got that day. I got home. It's a few minutes to my house from when I got the call. And when I pulled up into my driveway, I texted a friend who'd had my back through this whole season. And texted this really long message explaining everything I just heard on the on the phone call. And it was kind of that text, and maybe some leader can relate. It was the can you believe it text. Can yeah. you believe this happened today? And what I wanted, Dick, was commiseration. And I think we all get in those spots where we just want somebody to come alongside and say, hey, I never doubted you, blah, blah, blah. But I waited and waited and waited for the text that was going to come back, hoping it was going to be as big as the one that I sent, which was pretty formidable to a guy in my demographic. It takes a minute to write. (laughs) And I got this little blurb back on my phone, and I was like, surely that's not the whole response. And so I waited for the follow-up, and there wasn't any, so I zeroed in on the little blurb. And standing at the top of my driveway, I read the words, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And Dick, those words absolutely arrested me. And I realized in a heartbeat, all, you know, there was a real issue and there were real things that went down. 
But I had allowed the enemy to take that and compound it and to exponentially blow it up in my mind and in my heart and create all this unrest and these sleepless nights and this Uh, You know, this desire to control all the outcomes and manage the narrative and months of this had gone by. And I I just realized it was like a a lightning bolt went right through me in that moment. And I thought, oh, my word. And I decided Dick, right then and there, I am taking back the table of my mind right now. And it started a process that really has changed my life. And even here we are. A decade later, I still don't make it through a week where at some point a thought is planted, a seed is planted in my mind, a fear and anxiety, a doubt and uh, a point of tension. And I just stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to let the enemy have a seat at my table. Those nine words, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And they connect it pretty quickly to Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table, there's our word, right? Yeah, yeah. Before me in the presence of my enemy. So in the battle, in the conflict, in the storm, Jesus is there yeah. and he's preparing a table for us with everything we need to be everything he's called us to be. And so that message uh, really started working in my heart. I got a chance to share it in a little tiny setting with a few football coaches one morning yeah. at a coach's Bible study. I saw something changed in them. I came back, shared it in all team with my staff, saw something change, shared it that Sunday at church, saw something change. And, you know, like God does, he's just chosen to take that message literally all around the world. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I, I first uh, saw you demonstrate it um, with an, I guess, illustrated sermon uh, at James River. When you put that table out there, and I will tell you, you had the fruit, you had the vegetables, and it it really looked uh, to be a delightful table. And the image that it just planted in people's minds, that empty chair, you know, don't let the enemy have that seat. That is so powerful. What <clears throat> what are you hearing uh, from people? You know, you're interacting with people all over the uh, the country and the world. On this message, what what is this message saying to people? I think it's awakening people to the uh, to the reality that we're not the victim of whatever thought passes through our mind. If you talk to a neuroscientist, they say that thousands, possibly ten thousands of thoughts pass through our mind every day. And we don't know all of where they come from, and we don't know how the enemy influences them, but Jesus made it clear that there is an enemy, and he's seeking to deceive us and ultimately destroy us. And we know that all of the negative and the positive things that happen in our lives begin in the mind. So first there's a thought, and then there's an action. First there's a thought, and then there's some sort of behavior that follows. And so thinking is is important. And what I'm hearing from people is that this message is helping them wake up to the idea that every thought that comes in their mind doesn't have the right to reside in their mind. And certainly not to get aid and comfort from us to say, oh, man, here comes this negative thought. I'm going to help you build a house and plant a garden and help you take over and establish real estate in my mind. Instead, we can examine the thought. This is what the scripture teaches us. 
and immediately know whether it's congruent with the will of God, the ways of God, the heart of God, the character of God, God's purpose and plan for our life. And if it's not, we can arrest it right then and there. The scripture says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so people are waking up to this idea that just because the thought is there, doesn't mean the thought has to stay there. And they're realizing, you know what, I've got more power than the enemy wants me to believe that I have to control the things that actually live inside my mind. Yeah, that is so good. You know, then you you followed up with at the table with Jesus. So uh, this is 66 uh, days to draw closer to the Christ. Um, So well written uh, as per your normal writings and uh, uh, the images so how did this come together as an outflow? Was that planned from the beginning or what happened? It, w- it wasn't planned necessarily from the get-go, but as we got into Don't Give the Enemy a Seat and started to understand this message, Dick, we, we really began to realize how important it is that we learn how to fight well. Yeah. And you don't fight well by trying to resist negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we do that, say, say someone spoke over you as a kid, um, you don't matter to to your mom and I, and you were we never wanted you anyway. Yeah. Well, the more you say, you know what? My parents said they didn't want me anyway, but I don't care what my parents think. Well, I just repeated what my parents think. Yeah. yeah. If uh, one of your parents was an alcoholic, and you spent the last fifteen years going, I'll never be an alcoholic like my parent. I'll never be like my parent. I will. N- you trust me. I will never be like my parent. Yeah. What you're repeating every time is what you don't want. To be like. And so you don't win the battle by fighting against the lie. You win the battle by focusing on the truth. And God knew this long before we did. He said, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But then as don't give the enemy a seat release, I did a a lot of podcast interviews in that season. And one of them was with a neuroscientist, one of the most well-known ones in the world. And she said that each of us in 66 days can create a new habit or a new thought way in our mind. Okay. And, you know, we've always thought 30 days you can create a new habit. I think for the exceptional people, it's maybe more like 18 days. But the average human takes 66 days to create a new habit. And so we thought, okay, if we don't want the enemy at the table, who do we want at the table? This table is already prepared for us by the king of the universe. And so we wrote this devotional journey 66 days believing that at the end of the 66 days if we focus on jesus and the various aspects of his character who he is how he wants to present himself in our lives in a relationship with us that we a create a new habit of spending time with god b we create a habit of learning more about jesus and c we create a new neural pathway in our mind that truth can travel down and I, I just want to encourage everyone listening today, don't buy the lie that you're the product of whatever thoughts have been in your past because God is giving you the power and science is actually backing it up yeah. to change the way you think. Oh, that's that's so good. You know, just going through this uh, here, you've, you've broken this down. What into, a, is it 11? Uh, it's 11 segments. 11 segments. And it's just... I mean, just the number, Jesus is, Jesus is, Jesus is, Jesus is, Jesus does, Jesus, all 66 days. I mean to tell you, um, 
go to, I presume, uh, can they get this at Passion City uh, website or just best to go to Amazon? What's best? Uh, passionresources.com is a good place to go, okay. but christianbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere Anyways. books are sold. They've got that. Both books are available. So this one uh, and this one, I highly recommend that you pick them up. Uh, they're going to have a profound impact uh, on your life. Give us a hitch up, friend. Uh, what, what if, if we don't remember anything, what is it you want the, the viewer and listener to hear from you? I want uh, each one of us to be uh, overwhelmed, stunned, amazed, uh, mystified, put any adjective you want, with the idea that we were created for communion with God. And yes, we all have gifts, abilities, aptitude, opportunities, and yes, we all have something to do in God's creation, but not before we were created by and desired by the Creator Himself. And right now, in this moment, the God of heaven wants to have a relationship with each one of us. He wants to sit down at the table with us and have a relationship. And I just want to encourage each one of us today to carve out the time to say yes, to create a new mindset that says, I'm wanted, I'm invited, I'm welcomed in, and I am appointed for the table of the king. And if we will accept that invitation, then I believe it will put us in the position, in the posture we need to be in, to be God's people on mission in this world with Him. Oh, man. Man, can't thank you enough, Louis. Cannot thank you enough. Uh, pick up both books, uh, wherever books are sold, and uh, you'll be blessed and strengthened, and you'll grow in your faith. Thank you, Louis. It's been great Thanks, hanging Dave. out with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Friends, thanks for hanging out with the Church Tips Podcast. We'll look forward to catching you on the next one. Be blessed. Hey, Jonathan here. Real quick before you go. Did you know 71% of pastors report being extremely stressed or highly stressed? 90% of pastors feel worn out working between 55 to 75 hours per week. And then get this, 70% of pastors say they have a lower self-esteem now than when they started ministry. Can you relate to any of that? In reality, everything in your ministry rises and falls on your leadership. So investing in your leadership is essential to staying healthy and growing the ministry. And that's why I want to invite you to join us inside the Leaders.Church membership. It's your opportunity to invest in your leadership. This online streaming service for pastors gives you access to more than 300 videos plus training material to level up your leadership and improve your ministry skills. If you're ready to give your leadership growth a boost, simply go to leaders.church slash boost. Again, that's leaders.church slash boost. Well, thanks again for joining us today on the Church Tips Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.